Healing Like It Is program with Dr. Baker J, Apostle Dr. Baker J. Baker. Any rate, uh, today we're going to continue our our uh, number nine and ten, um, the last two programs on suicide. But today we're going to talk about intellectuals that commit suicide and uh, pastors. You know, there's many people that are intellectually intelligent where the word of God is concerned, but they don't have the kingdom of God in them so that it sustains them in times of difficulty. And today I have Apostle Dr. Marshall McGee with me. Uh, uh, Prophet Rand is not able to make it today. So it's just Apostle McGee and I, and I want to Apostle McGee. Let's get this rolling. So, okay, I got a I'll surprise. Randy is able to be with us. Yes. So uh, we're talking about intellectual belief. Oh, she is here. Okay, great. Okay, perfect. We're talking about intellectual Whoa. believers that uh, commit suicide. You know, people that have uh, a lot of the word of God in them, you know, they know it. But uh, evidently, it's not something that is fruitful enough to sustain them. So uh, we want to talk about that. And then pastors, you know, like why so many pastors are committing suicide, ministers and stuff. So we can start with you, Apostle. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I kind of was, was wanting to define it just a little bit more clearly. Uh, when you talk about what we would call intellectual. Uh, and as you said, these are the individuals that perhaps go by the, the letter, uh, by the book, so to speak. Uh, these could be your serious, uh, what we consider more than just somebody studying the Bible, but a serious Bible person uh, that really digs into the word and so on and so forth. And I think when you are that type of person, and I think there's nothing wrong with being studious, but it tends to position you sometimes in a place that because you do know so much, it can position you in a place where there's no flexibility in your life. Uh, especially when it comes to this particular area of suicide. Uh, because there's it's kind of like you can reason yourself away from it and so on and so forth. But I think it just puts can put people in a place where they don't have very many options when it comes to this particular uh, subject, more specifically when they have to consider dealing with it themselves and ultimately end up taking their own lives. I just wanted to say that. Can you open that up a little bit more? Go ahead, take your time and explain what it is that you're talking, because this is a serious thing when, when you're, you're I think that that people that, that are really what we would call Bible persons, Bible-believing persons, the conflicts that develop as a result of that because of belief systems, because of theological understanding about this particular area, and it puts people in a place where they struggle if they're wrestling uh, just with the thought of this because uh, on a pers personal note, I, I came up out of a religious background that believed that if you committed suicide, there was no forgiveness for your sin because it is a sin of self-murder. And the thinking was 
there's no way you can get forgiveness for self-murder because you took yourself out. And when people live according to uh, the law like that or the rules and regulations, as I was saying, you have very limited options. And so when somebody who's that type of person and they end up committing suicide or taking their own life, can you imagine? I think the conflict within them could be very unimaginable, the mental struggle, uh, let alone perhaps the thoughts of depression and even the thoughts of consequences that will happen as a result of them taking that action. And so I think those kinds of individuals would have a more difficult time, even though they may be successful in doing it, but much contemplation would go into that. I hope that kind of made some sense. Was that a little bit more clear? A little bit. Uh, Randy, do you have anything to add to that before I speak? Um, I think as far as, I don't know any ministers that have committed suicide that I know personally, but I know that the, um, the mind is a battleground. And I know that um, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So when he comes to attack, he can come and attack with the word accusing you. And uh, if that particular minister is dealing with his past mistakes and the enemy is bringing those up to him or he doesn't have anyone that he can um that he can um, talk to about the problems that he's going through, the enemy is going to bombard him with thoughts that there's no way out. And so if he has not, does not have anyone in his life or does not have access to someone in his life where he can open up and he can you know, talk about what's going on and he stays to himself with those thoughts, the enemy has a, a playground with him. And by, by being a minister of the word, that's how the enemy's gonna beat him up with the word. And so uh, I think in that situation, uh, unless, he is, uh, unless he surrounds himself with men and women of God where he can feel uh, trust, trust in them enough that he can open up, and share what's going on, uh, he's going to be uh, bombarded, I think, more than the person who does not have a biblical knowledge or background. You know, one of the things that, uh, and I'm throwing this out here for uh, Marshall, uh, you know, one of the things are unrealistic expectations. And when a person um, is learned in the word, when they can exegete, when they're um, uh, they've gone to all the seminary, they've gone to all of these different things, and they have these expectations of what they are to do and what others and how others are to respond. Also, family tensions and family problems and um, fear of self, so therefore, uh, fear of self, of, of, of self failure, so therefore, they have a fear of, of man and, um, a confusion of what the kingdom is really about. So those are some issues that I believe as a therapist that are going on. And I think that it's, um, it's one of the areas is truly pride because 
if someone wants to reach out to another person, there are people available. There's people you know, there's people that you don't know. There are people that are available. So I, I really believe that there's an area of, uh, of pride and almost an arrogance that says, uh, I am so high up, or I am so intelligent, or I am so bright, or I have, am the pinnacle of all of these things that no one can tell me anything. Another thing I want to throw out there, we are talking about men. Most of them, 70% of, of pastors that commit suicide are even higher than that. I mean, they're male people. We're talking about mainly male, not, uh, not female men. Uh, but uh, these are some things. So uh, I, I mentioned uh, unrealistic expectations of self. And so therefore you project that on others. Family tensions. Uh, not not allowing yourself to to do things that uh, families do, and the fear of self, which uh, 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 precipitates a fear of man and confusion about what the kingdom of God is about. So there you go, Marshall. You got a whole. You gave me a whole plethora of things <laughs> to consider, and I think honestly, you know, those were some of the things that because uh, I was kind of preparing for today that I was going to mention because. And I think as a as a spiritual leader or a person just in ministry, this this uh, there's a lot of sometimes you could write books, you could influence and help people's lives. But for the average leader, there's a the other thing that goes with all of that, the pride and, and, and the family stuff is the lack of positive affirmation. How often? Even for you, even for me, does somebody come along and say, I see what you're doing, attaboy, keep up the good work. Uh, this lack of affirmation, not that people are doing things to get affirmation, but somewhere in the process, because the greatest needs, and I always say this, or at least two of the greatest needs of humanity is love and acceptance. And when you've labored and given your life and you're not give, getting back the affirmation or even the appreciation for your sacrifice and what you have done, it begins to weigh on you as a leader, as a spiritual person. And because pride won't allow you to go talk to someone, then it positions you in a place where you become, uh, I think you used the word arrogance, uh, you become your own uh, police, I guess, is in a sense, and you try to manage these things yourself. And I think that's one of the issues that leaders deal with. And then if you throw in the family problems, if you throw in not getting enough pay for what you do give, because ministry, most the average preacher doesn't make a lot of money. And most consider their call a spiritual calling, not a vocational call in the sense of the world where you get uh, you do things because you're getting paid a certain amount of monies. And so when you start having lack in all these areas, you could be sexful, successful as an orator, you can be successful as a teacher, as a preacher, you could have degrees. And at the same time, when you look at your life, a leader, I think, especially that kind of person, when you start doing an assessment of your own life, and you could see failure over here, 
failure over there. My marriage is not good. My children are crazy. My money's funny. My health, even health issues. And I think that's the other part of this because leaders also tend to go into areas of depression. And I think that's another phase that we'll get into this, into discussion. And I think that's another part of this, that while leaders will commit suicide, they get into these states of mental depression. And I still think that this is an area that the larger church still hasn't understood. And I think this is a, a factor that must be considered uh, in our discussion as we go on, because the more we can recognize that depression is a real issue that can contribute to someone's, particularly a spiritual person, what we consider a spiritual person, taking their life. And we've seen, I think over the last several years and months, successful ministry, and then you read about it in the paper or you hear about it on the news, they end up taking their own life. And these are people that didn't have money problems. These are people that were, uh, you know, six-figure pastors. Many of these were 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 very well paid, and yes, yeah, very well paid. And one of the things of it is, is this: uh, when I'm talking about kingdom confusion, I'm talking about people building. I think one of the things is this: is that people build their own little kingdoms. And they're the kingdom, they're king of their kingdom, and they're the smartest person in there. And no one can tell them anything. And this gets to be, this is where this self-pride, this is where this thing is. I am the top of the heat. I am the big dog. I am, uh, you know, here is where it is that I am. And there isn't anyone that can tell me anything. And uh, there, so there's absolutely, it's in, it's in the... Uh, in, in the mind that says there is no one for me because there is some for everybody. If you are truly a believer, God has made it so that there is someone that you can talk to. Uh, Randy, do you have anything to throw in here? Um, no. Okay. I think, I think, I think that's true. I think when you become a, and I've seen preachers like that, you become a law to your own self. That's right. And there is no peer. And if you do have peers, you're the authority. And so they still gather to you versus receiving that individual receiving input from them. And I think as leaders, even to our audience, that could be a dangerous, dangerous position because no man was made to be a law to themselves. That's right. I think that's the deception about the kingdom that when that is set up in somebody's life, then perhaps would you say or think that those people or individuals would be more successful to taking their own life? Yes, um, of course they would. You know, because they get the, okay, he, he, let, let's throw this scenario out there. <clears throat> and these are things that I deal with, with uh, sometimes wealthy clients because they have uh, um, aspirations and expectations of things that should be a certain way that people should act and react to them in a certain way that when they speak, it's just like God has spoken. And it's not necessarily about the word of God. It's about these other things. And then when people don't act and react to them as if they are God themselves, then depression comes, you know, the culture around them that surrounds them 
it becomes diseased, it becomes sick, it becomes bad. And then they take on that sickness because my gosh, now I'm losing control. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I think that's that's so true. And I've seen that with certain leaders as well. And I think I think the goal is for us today is to solely how these scenarios can happen and, and ultimately come up with some solutions, per, perhaps. Uh, but I think that when people become islands to themselves, and I think, and, and let's just, I just want to comment here too as well. We have to remember uh, when you look at, from a theological perspective, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And one of the greatest misnomers when it comes to what we would consider, quote, spirituality, is we forget sometimes the most spiritual people that I know that would think they're spiritual are some of the most goofiest people because they forget their humanity. Yes. And even the key for the power that Jesus walked in and demonstrated when he was in the earth be simply because he learned how to yield his humanity to the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes when people come off as being super spiritual or super intelligent or super whatever, and they build their own kingdoms and their own world, is because they forget their humanity. And when something tragic happens or something just hits them out of nowhere that is so unexpected, it causes their whole world or kingdom to come crashing down because you are not aware of your humanity. And when human stuff happens, there's no, uh, what's the word I want to say? There's no uh, context in your world for just simply being human. I don't know. That, know that makes, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right words here. Well, it, 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 I think what you're saying, okay, it's like if I run into a problem in my life, if I go through a place of depression, if something is going on with me, I have been surrounded. I'm surrounded with people such as your, yourself, uh, uh, Randy, but I'm also a part of a council. The Love, and Union, uh, the Love and Unity Council is one of the things that I think is really great. Uh, if, if I'm going through something, I trust you, Marshall. I you. I trust you with my life. And what do I mean by that? I trust you with being able to tell you what's going on with me and not being afraid. You see, I don't really care how people look at me. All I care about is this, is that you're able to feed something into me. When you start to, to uh, uh, operate in a situation with people, then it really, uh, they already know they got weaknesses. When you start to operate with, with, uh, uh, with genuine people, they know that they have weaknesses and they know that they have strengths. And I think that one of the problems is, and one of the things I, 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 I beg you ministers and you people that are in corporate America and they're in these things, have people that you can be honest with. Have people around you that you can show your weaknesses because everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has strengths. And you're able to find people that have the strengths are able to look into you and to see 
things. Go ahead. I can see you, you're chomping at the bit there, Marco. No, that's so good. And I think that's the reality that we deal with. And to deny those realities puts us in position, like I said earlier, it puts us in situations or a position where when an, a reality really hits you that you're not prepared for, not that we have to prepare for uh, circumstances beyond our control, but when those realities hit you, your world falls apart. And sometimes you feel like a person can feel like even a leader, I have nothing to live for. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps what we would consider, because we consider ourselves spiritual people, but we also consider ourselves holy and, quote, righteous people. Uh, but understand our righteousness comes from him, not something we do on our own. But when you live by your own standard of righteousness and you do something, quote, called sin, or you violate that standard that you set for yourself, then there's a disappointment. There's almost like coming off a high and you crash. And when you crash, you can eat too much sugar. And when that thing wears off, your body just, you know, it's like a crash that can put you in a depressive state. But more than that, not only does it put you in a depressive, depressive state, but it puts you in this state that I'm a failure in your own eyes. Nobody no. called you a failure. God didn't even say you were a failure. And at that moment, we're not realizing where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, and we're covered past, present, and future. We're not realizing that. And in the moment, as Randy said a while ago, this is where the enemy now comes in and he begins to play in the battlefield of our minds. Well, it's, it's, it's really an interesting thing because when you're talking about that sugar thing, you know, I like uh, uh, sugar. You know, sugar is one of the things that I enjoy. And it's like having that sugar hangover and said, I'll never do this again. Why did I do this? I mean, you know, I see sugar. I see sugar packs on the left side of my behind. I see sugar packs on the right side. <laughs> my sugar just went to the wrong <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me speak in tongues. Yeah, come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, you put on this outfit and there it is. It's saying, see, you should have left that sugar alone because it didn't go through it. Wait. It went in and settled in places, you know. Yeah. But, but, but the thing of it is, is this, and that's when you don't ask nobody, "Am I too fat?" <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't ask them. Color. You already know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look straight ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Randy doesn't like sugar, but at, at any rate, uh, one of the one of the things about depression is this: when a person sets their ministry up to be the God to be end all and to be that thing that if this thing fails or if this thing falls when you have a problem I think that we over ex uh, we, 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 we uh, have have expectations this is one of the things we don't talk about each we don't talk to each other do you notice that most of the time when ministers get together what happens is this? They talk about what they preach to their people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how it is that they delivered this. And I preached this the other day. Well, what about you? What about you? Uh, did you preach it to yourself first? Did you did you did you let it work? This is that noise? This is one of the big problems. I I I I I um. 
I exhort you, I, I beg of you, I beg of you ministers, I beg of you people of God, I beg of you business people to not live where you are always pointing the thing, where you're always telling other people what it is that they need to do. You need to get into the mirror. You need to do some mirror therapy. There are mirror uh, uh, um, uh, uh, parts in your brain that you need to realize that there's a picture of you that God has printed that you need to look at and that you get there step by step. That's good. I remember as you were talking from the Turner classic movies, there was a movie, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a scene where this guy said, I'm going to defend myself. This thought came to me. And the other guy said, the person who defends themselves in a court of law has a fool for a lawyer. And it's like, when you do self-evaluation and you don't have a peer group to come alongside to give you honest critique or where you could even open your heart or your life up to, um, then you do become, as I said earlier, that law to yourself. And there is always going to be the danger, the danger of being the very thing, because this is what happened, because this is how pride sets you up, that pride, that arrogance. And so that's the very thing that sets you up to fall. And sometimes that pride and that arrogance is really hiding. This is where we got to be honest. The fear, I almost, I was thinking about that two days ago, or I thought about that two weeks ago, and I got the thought out of my mind. And this is where we become real as leaders, as apostles, as prophets, as pastors. We got to understand that is not what, what the instrument or the vessel that God is touching through, that doesn't make us God. And otherwise, if we don't understand it, and it just goes back to what I said earlier, that our humanity has to be engaged as well. And most of the time, as spiritual leaders, we don't manage our humanity. We don't rest. We don't eat right. Show don't think about going to the gym. I've been thinking about it. I ain't got there yet. And I got to get it done. I got to get it done here soon. I got to get it done. I just had a checkup the other week. I like. I got to get into the gym. Not that I'm in good. I'm in good shape for my age. You don't necessarily have to get into the gym. You got to get into the exercise. The you know it's moving. Yes, and I got and I realized that. And 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 as most leaders, we got to do that. Hold that. Hold that because we're going to have to come back with that. Time is gone. I see. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Yeah. Okay. That, that's it. Remember, if you want to give into this or to give into more than enough ministries, our web uh, thing is on 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 the screen. www.mteminc.org. You want to give into Marshall uh, and and Randy and Love and Unity. So all of that information is on the screen, and we're gonna be back next week when we're here, still telling it like it is. We will complete this program. Bye bye. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>